Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Louis Musset and I create content about the projects that I make as well as the topics surrounding them. And this episode I'll be talking about my Wisdation project, which I actually have a website on, which is called uh, wisdation.com, which is about accumulating wisdom. What and how can someone accumulate wisdom? So wisdom in the current day means the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise. So this can mean many things. So it can be things like having sensible thinking. It can mean having, you know, accumulated wisdom over a long period of time, which means, you know, through experience, knowledge knowledge gained from other people but also knowledge gained from books and uh, education but is time because in the definition time is not a factor the only thing to have knowledge is the quality of having experienced knowledge and good judgment so if someone can have experienced knowledge and good judgment then he'll be wise and so the question is can someone accumulate experience, knowledge, and good judgment. And I decided to slowly break these down um, into the constituent parts. So, again, the, the focus should be on the quality. Quality is all about, it could be about value as well. So, you know, all, not all experiences are equal, but certain experiences will promote wisdom uh some you know some knowledge will promote wisdom and some judgment will promote wisdom so you know there's good judgment and there's bad judgment judgment is how someone makes a good decision decision say yes or no so either a person jumps over a river or does not jump over a river that is having good judgment because having good judgment is based on the outcome of that. So, you know, if you miss the jump, you fall into the river. But if you don't miss a jump and actually get across, then you actually, you know, you achieve what you set out to go. So that's what I focused on in the beginning was the end result of wisdom. The end result of wisdom is the outcome. But not just any outcome. It is a outcome valued by the person doing the action. And again, going back to my other episode about uh, my other project, Singer Solver, uh, and the three pillars to that is factors, think, and act. It's all about, you know, how you get to that last result, which is act. And one part of that was um, judgment. So having good decision. It was also about behavior and practice. So I've tried to incorporate kind of that into my uh, Wisdation website, but not entirely. So I've got elements of it. And uh, over time, I've broken it down into six kind of pillars of wisdom, of accumulating wisdom. So the last bit is the outcome. So if someone is wise, hopefully they became wise because they they had a lot of outcomes that benefited them a person who you know dies obviously the outcome 
of their life was not beneficial to them. So the outcome for a wise person has to be beneficial in some way. Otherwise, they, you know, they die. And actually, I'm just going to start from the end and going back to the beginning. So again, going back to quality, quality is um, is a value almost. The quality of experience. It's all about what is that experience and how do you value that experience. What is good judgment? Good judgment is another thing based on value. So a decision that is good for one person might be a bad decision for another person. And one of the books that kind of led me on this path was um, the Socratic Dialogue by Plato. Because Socrates, the ancient Greek, was considered a wise person. And the one thing that kind of struck me was that Socrates was a skeptic. A skeptic never accepts truth. He always questions everything, never ending the questioning. So a skeptic will always question whatever answer you give will never be sufficient. Unfortunately, there's a bit of a downside to that, is that if you keep asking questions, you'll never actually get anywhere because you're just ask, perpetually asking questions. That's why I don't technically believe in scepticism. It's a bit too far for me. But at least it kind of gives you a, a right mentality. So it's always good to question things. Not all the time. You have to reach an end at some point, but it's sometimes good to question things and figure out, okay, how and why is this done? Why or why am I making this decision? Why has this person told me this thing? You know, it's just you can't take everything at face value. You have to question it to some degree. And um, a lot of the philosophers back in Greek, you know, they tried to reach not just quality of of uh, of knowledge but quality of experience and um i think um what the student of the student of socrates was uh aristotle so aristotle was an empiricist so he kind of followed what we kind of do in science today is that he tested and everything tested and did an experiment and he found that um there was actually a thing called eudaimonia. Eudaimonia is kind of um, a fulfilling life. So he was like, what makes a fulfilling life? And then he had pillars of his own to define what is a good quality life. The value of life. How do you value your own life? And so this kind of all goes back to my six pillars that I'm trying to talk about now. So the last pillar of, of wisdom is outcome. And then to get to outcome, you need to act in some way. So there's the behavior, the way you actually do things. That's just how you are. And then there's the thing that kind of happens before you do something, which is judgment. There's having good judgment. And then there's all the judgments in your life, which um, end up being fulfillment. So if if you did have good judgment, you did make good decisions then hopefully that means you are fulfilled in some way because you made a bunch of good decisions good judgment so that's kind of my following so i call it uh just kind of the output of wisdom so you got the result of wisdom which is outcome the output is the behavior and how you act and everything and uh, so you got the physical 
output which is your behavior and then like kind of the mental output which is kind of like your fulfillment the judgment the skepticism and all that kind of stuff that's all the output and what i also noticed with um socrates is that um it's most of it was uh you got to express it so expression can happen in two ways as well so uh, this is in my third pillar going back so you got you know results you got the output and then you kind of got the feedback so you got the communication so socrates always communicated with people and that's how he acquired wisdom over time is because he communicated not just by asking questions by by communicating his ideas as well so he would communicate his ideas very well and then he would ask questions and then he would also listen in a good manner so that you know a discourse would be able to be uh, done because um you know today we have mostly uh debates which i don't exactly like i prefer dis- discourse discourse is just basically a a dialogue be- between two people so someone says something they say information and then the other person listens and then when that person talking is done then the person listening could then have his own dialogue and so it's basically a, a discourse is when p- two people have two dialogues one after the other which kind of reaches a con- not conclusion about truth but just kind of a general growth in knowledge because you know that's the whole point of wisdom is that you have to communicate knowledge you have to accumulate knowledge but how do you do that and one way is through communication another way of cum- of accumulating knowledge is uh, practice what's less about knowledge and more about kind of skill skill is not something you can just kind of acquire through talking you have to actually do stuff so by practicing you know so someone who's a carpenter they can't just read books about carpentry they actually need to do the carpentry himself so that and practice it so that he can become a wise carpenter in that sense so you got three pillars with the final bits of pillars of um, wisdom so i call it you know results the output and then kind of the feedback the fourth pillar coming back from the output from the result is um transformation so what am i transforming from well you're transforming from the stuff you're receiving so going from front to back now that i've explained the back so you got kind of the input just the the pure data that comes in so it could be uh, words words from a page or words from a person you got kind of the input data and then that data has to be processed by your brain in some way uh and because we're life forms uh we have to not just convey information but we have to convey emotions we have to convey perception expression empathy we have to and we also have to be able to not just receive that and, and understand it but we have to also be able to convey that with the body motion and body uh, facial expression and the rest and actually back in ancient greek they had something called the trivium trivium is uh, a three pillar thing they learned in school 
which had kind of three points, which is basically just logic, grammar, and rhetoric. Logic is the why behind everything. Behind everything you are kind of doing. So there's always going to be like some mathematical equation. Grammar is always the who, what, where, when of uh, just discourse in general. And then the rhetoric is the how. How you are discoursing your discussion. So, you know, how are you persuasion? What, how are you conveying? How are you conveying empathy? How are you expressing yourself? How are you perceiving the other person who's talking? So again, those are the first two pillars. You got the kind of the raw data and then you got the input data processing. And the one in the middle, which I haven't discussed yet, is two things, which are both connected to each other. So both these things fall under transformation. And that is, you know, um, understanding and knowledge. So you might have heard that a wise person knows a lot, but that's not the only thing. You know, a person can know a lot and not be wise. And that's why understanding is so crucial. But you can also understand a lot, but not know a lot. And therefore you're not wise. So you can understand why. But if you don't have an under uh, enough knowledge to justify your understanding, you won't be able to c- convey why you understand. So the, the knowledge and understanding go hand in hand. And I break this down a bit further, because back in um, ancient Greek, and, and no, not even in ancient Greek, but just in general philosophy, uh, knowledge, it can be expressed differently than we see it today. Today we kind of just see knowledge as information, but I don't see knowledge as just information. Because as you've seen, you know, there's data, pure data that is processed. It can be processed into information, but that's what that's not entirely what knowledge is. Knowledge is also truth, it's beliefs, it's also justification for those truths and beliefs. So in uh, philosophy they call that the justified true belief. So for knowledge to exist you must have a justified true belief. Now Edmund Gedier, a philosopher, has almost a little bit debunked this with the Edmund Gedier problem, but I'm going to stick to this now because this is as, in terms of philosophy, it's as far as we've come and there's no alternative solution at the moment to express what exactly knowledge is. But all you got to know is that um, even with the Gedeo problem, a justified true belief is true unless you're lucky. So that's the only thing that Edmund Gedeo added is that sometimes you can have a justified, you can just be lucky to have a justified true belief. But I think that's all right. You know, if luck is on your side, then so what? Sometimes you need a bit of luck to become wise (laughs) because, you know, you need a bit of luck to survive in this world. And, um, yeah. But again, it's luck is not, it's not the only part of knowledge. Because luck does not play a part in understanding. Um, Understanding is a bit harder to understand. (laughs) 
because um, understanding itself uh, is quite hard to break down. Because what is understanding? Now, in the definition of understanding, it's actually the ability to understand something. What does understand mean? Well, understand is to perceive the intended meaning of words, language, and of the speaker. So, and I mentioned this back in the trivium. So, you know, you got how do you understand the words people are saying? Well, again, you got to have proper, you got to understand grammar. You need to understand a bit of logic as well, because you can have fallacies, which is an incorrect uh way of thinking about a uh, reasoning about uh, something and then there's rhetoric how you actually s- convey this information but that's not understanding understanding i've broken it down into four points so understanding is perspective compared to knowledge understanding is all about your point of view what point of view do you have and how does your point of view affect how you understand something? So how someone understands something is all based on what knowledge they possess and what they know in terms of what they've experienced in life. They, also, their thoughts must cohere with each other. So you got their perspective based on their experience. But also you got the kind of their belief system as well. And their belief system and their experience must cohere with their experience and how they've perceived it for them to understand. And understanding can also have two other points, which is uh, reductionism. So reductionism is the science of breaking things down to the atomic level. So, you know, if you break down a pencil, you got the atomic pieces, which are like, you know, wood and the lead inside the pencil and then the rubber on top and maybe the metal surrounding the rubber. But reducing a um, something down is just breaking it down to a level that it cannot, can no longer be divisible by. And that, by doing that, and that's what science has done so far, is that it allows you to dig into something and understand it. Because if you understand the pieces of a simple mechanism, then you can replicate it and reproduce it. The other side to reductionism in current science is the understand of systems. Which is, which is what I've been working on on another project called Life is a Complex System. Uh, in today's society, we focus too much on reductionism, which is reducing things down to the fundamental components. But an issue we have is when we come to systems. You can't simply reconstruct a system by combining the parts. Because the whole point of a system, especially a complex system, is that it's unpredictable. It's You can't predict what, how it's going to function. You can't 
calculate it. It means you can't have any mathematical equations that can lead to the outcome of a system. The system's performance is normally uncertain. And it's also incredibly difficult to replicate a system, especially a complex system. So even our bodies, our bodies are themselves a complex system. And that's why it's so difficult to create a replica. So if you try to create a perfect clone of yourself, that would be trying to replicate a complex system. And, you know, you might be able to physically make the same person as I am, but will you be able to replicate the brain aspect of it? So all my memories, all my thoughts, patterns and everything. And that's where understanding comes in. Understanding of not just reductionism, reducing down things down to the fundamental parts, but also understanding that sometimes these parts can be a part of systems. And that to understand systems, you must understand systems theory, or which can also fall under complexity science which is an entire topic in and of itself. Um, and I found that actually people who uh, kind of innately understand systems, they may not express it, but they understand the that they're in a system. They are the people who become wise. Because you might be able to understand all the small little components of a all the components of simple mechanisms, but when you start trying to put them together, it never kind of works when you're working in a bigger system. An example is a business. A business, especially a large business with over 100 employees, I would consider a complex system. You can't segregate everyone into their individual roles and expect the business to run smoothly. You have to treat the business like a complex system. Otherwise, it will fall apart. The elements of the system will not function properly. You know, you have a company with many departments. Each department is itself a system, a part of a greater system, which is the entire business, which again is a part of a, a bigger system, which is the economy and the political system. So understanding all of these aspects from your perspective, from someone else's perspective, making sure they cohere together, they, they make reasonable sense, they make logical sense. What's less about log the rules of logic themselves and more about having one point logically relate to another point, you know, uh, an example might be, I see clouds outside, therefore it rains, therefore it might rain. You know, I'm taking one element, I'm taking another element, I'm taking water, and I'm taking the fact that water evaporates, and I take the fact that clouds are, cloud are bodies of evaporated water. And if I see a trend in the temperature dropping then I can reasonably estimate that it's going to rain because 
in thermodynamics, you understand that water become a uh, gas becomes water only when the temperature drops as well as a change in uh, pressure as well as when the pressure drops as well and so d these different elements must go here with each other for it to make sense for you to understand and so this kind of center bit the transformation from the data and information into the actual the actual output the the feedback so you, you and again all these interact with each other so you you know you have the data the pure raw data which trans which uh kind of processed turns into information um this information can be processed in many ways and then it transforms by turning into knowledge and understanding and then they kind of bounce around both with knowledge and understanding. And then eventually to make sure this knowledge and understanding makes sense, it is normally communicated with others for a feedback loop. So there's feedback. So normally you communicate. You either communicate with a person using words and stuff like that. Or you communicate physically with the outside world you see you look at your theories you look at how your belief on how the world functions and then you apply that practice to see if it actually makes sense does cutting a piece of word in this way actually work you know it might say in a textbook if you cut a word in this manner with these tools it will create this shape and then you'll be able to put the furniture get together but until you actually do that and see if it actually works you won't know so you need the physical uh, feedback which is practice and then after the feedback has been kind of done that's when you can finally move to the output of this accumulation of wisdom so normally the output and i've talked about this before you know is in a form of you know skepticism may also be a sort of feedback mechanism as well but it all stems around behavior so behavior is not just a moment in time. Behavior is kind of a pattern of physical movement, maybe. Uh, the way you, you know, it, it involves multiple elements. It's how you interact with others. It's how you move around in certain environments. You know, so whether you're in a club or whether you're at home, how you actually do things, your general behavior. Again, so it's not necessarily a point of in time. It's just a general, your behavior can be kind of broken down. And then you can kind of go, okay, how is this person behaving? And based on their behavior, you can tell whether they are wise or they are not wise. Um, because if they're wise, their behavior would be consistent. Because that's ba a behavior is based on good judgment. It's based on also philosophies such as stoicism. So, you know, if you if you behave in an aggressive manner or where your emotions are out of control, you're not um, show, you're not uh, communicating or expressing your your values or just teachings that you've learned over the years, such as stoicism or skepticism or eudaimonia. So the whole like eudaimonia fulfillment might be like delayed gratification. So if a person a wise person behaves and you don't see them just 
getting instant gratification. So like going on the phone and doing things. You'd be like, why don't you just do it? It's, you know, it's fun. Why don't you just do it now? But the reason a wise person does not do that is because they understand that the simple things in life are normally more rewarding than the instant gratification. The long-term, slowly grinding at things and working on things and just paying attention to the world is normally more gratifying in the long term than getting an instant high when you like eat a bit of sugar. It releases dopamine in the brain. Also a sugar rush and an increase in the uh, uh, decrease in cortisol and it increases your um, your blood sugar level so that you have a bit more energy in that time. So there's a few benefits of blood sugar of increasing your blood sugar level, especially if you're like if you're gonna run, especially in that short moment of time, it might be useful to have a bit of sugar. But in the long run, it's actually better just to go to the gym and exercise because. In the long run, if you're healthier, you'll just be able to run anyways because you're healthier. And again, all of this is the outcome. The outcome is just being a wise person. Is that you've accumulated wisdom. And you've become a wise person. So that's the purpose of this project. Wisdation is just to kind of figure out whether the things I'm doing is the things that allow a wise person allow a person to become wise by following these steps and you know maybe i'll need to perform an experiment of some sort to test whether this theory i have is true and um i have broken it all down it's not in actually words i've just kind of put it as a diagram so on the website a wisdation the home page is literally just one image. And this image is the diagram that I've been talking about. There'll also be this diagram I'll also post in the uh, show notes as well. So if you, uh, hopefully if you, if you wanted to follow through for what I've been saying, it'll be in the show notes. Now it's been quite difficult to explain all this because it's still on a developing project and I haven't kind of worked out all the parts to it yet, because I'm still writing about it, I'm still discovering, and um, I'll see kind of how people react to this podcast, and see if people are interested in in this uh, project. Um, I'm going to be writing about the different aspects of it in, in a little bit more detail. Uh, I still need to read a lot of stuff about it, so I need to read about, you know, the different philosophies that people have been doing, and um, who and the one question I've I've always wanted to ask myself is: um, Is it worth becoming a wise person? Is wisdom valued by everyone, or is wisdom just something that a few of us value, and actually a lot of us prefer to be foolish? Because fool, fool or being foolish is the opposite of wisdom. So becoming a fool is normally seen as a bad thing. Because it is the opposite of wisdom. Which is something we're supposed to value. Again that might just be from the movies I've watched. But from my point of view wisdom is valued in this society. 
in some aspects. And we'll see as you know, as I continue to work on this and whether people actually enjoy watching this. I will um at the moment there's not much on the website and I will be updating it as I continue to develop my theories. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and want me to dig in to all the nitty-gritty details of of, uh, what wisdom is, or if you just want to contact me directly, you can go onto my website at louimustard.com slash contact, fill out your name and email and just uh, send a message, um, and I will respond. Well, either I'll respond or I'll create a new episode about the subject you want me to talk about. Um, you can also find all the content and all the projects that I work on on that website. So if you go to my website, you know, stay on the website and stay at louimusset.com and then you go to contents, you'll see all the content I create. For example, all the YouTube uh, videos that I create as well as all the podcasts that I create. And then if you go to the projects tab, you can then also see all the projects that I work on, including Wisdation, Thinker Solver, Life is a Complex System, and Economic System Transitions, all of which are still under construction and under development. And so if you want to know more about these, just again, email me. I'm not on social media, really. So email at the moment is kind of the only way to message me. Uh, but if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can also uh, write a message down below the video. And chances are I'll probably read that as well. And I'll respond. And that's another way you can respond to me. That I can respond to you and you can contact me. Anyways, I uh, hope you've enjoyed listening. And um, until next time. <laughs>